0: Cat-
1: boxcat- boxcat- Cat-
2: <coughs> Cat- Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 152. It sounds like. No, no. <laughs> my name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, as always, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. And also to my left. Oh, wow. Our very special guest for the entirety of the show. Wow. It I almost did, sounded uh,
1: like you were trying to, to give out a phone number there. Felt like <laughs> it was never going to finish. Wow. Entirely Josh has
3: this weird problem with phone numbers. He just can't, he
2: starts them. Right. But they never end, they just <laughs> go on forever. Like
0: Sky Scott, Scott Brennan. <laughs> Scott oh, Brennan. Oh, hello. yes. Hi, yes.
2: <laughs> less um, less okay. like Pine, more like the magic pudding.
0: Wow. Okay, I See think what i d- really set the tone for to yeah, the show. Yeah, totally. That's what you can do. Okay, I think I know what I in for now. Yeah. I
3: quite okay. like the way that Josh said for the entirety of the show, almost as a, as a threat. You know, it well, like it's kind of just let you know. Pretty
0: much the first I've heard of it. I thought I was only here for, you know, five minutes, but no, no, fine. Yeah, the no. doors are locked. <sighs> okay, right. Suffer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a big, big episode of Box Cutters coming your way. And it's this one that you're listening to now. <laughs> We, uh, of course, are going to speak to Scott Brennan about uh, all of his experience with uh, with television. Yes, darling. Yes. yes. <laughs> from uh, from uh, the days doing uh, BBC Shakespeare yes, to, of course, uh, yes. to, to the futuristic dramas of tomorrow. Yes,
3: <laughs>
0: exactly that. Everything. Actually, I would, I
3: would like to point out, according to IMDb, your first role was in The Adventures of Leno Woodley um, as Waiter Uncredited. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, uh... And my, lo- I, had, I had one line, which was, we're missing two lobsters, have you seen them? Oh, so you're such a professional, you remember it to I this know, day. I know, it's because it's probably the worst line I've ever had to say <laughs> in, my, in all of the two jobs that I've ever had. And,
2: <laughs> um, and it's, you say this, having been on Comedy Inc., uh yeah, yeah.
0: All right, well, uh, so so we'll talk to Scott
2: about all of that uh, wow. later on in the show. We've also uh, going to talk about the US version of Life on Mars, the US version of Kath and Kim, the US version of Letters to Box Cutters, the local version of the Box Cutters quiz, some uh, pork from just around the corner. But as always, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters news. <laughs> Brett Cropley has breaking news. I'm yeah. um, breaking news.
1: You, the uh, United States ABC network has uh, received legal action against them by a Japanese broadcaster for what they claim is copyright infringement um, on their hit show Wipeout. Really? Yes.
2: Uh, I, I was sure when you said Wipeout being sued that it was it had something to do with some horrible injury.
1: No, nobody got hurt. Nah, it was. it's just, just They ripped off their ideas not that we same, know of. Yeah, saying
2: <laughs> nobody got hurt I think is a bit rich,
3: what? Brett I,
1: I think they signed that release And it's an ironclad release That nobody's su- suing anybody for, so.
3: I, I just want to remind listeners Who, who don't remember Brett You know, rhapsodising About his love for Wipeout Some weeks back It's I'm that program sure. where White trash Americans Get injured in a South American country For and
0: money Yeah, the problem with that is No, <laughs> no, that's it That's, oh, that's okay, yeah, it, right. yeah. right. no, uh, I didn't is, mean it in a uh, bad
2: way Is that the, uh, the, the, the commentators are uh really really uh sexist homophobic racist it's it's really just because the, the the commentators are also white trash and so right. we'll uh we'll pick on minorities but and they dress uh, up. Nicely. and be be amazed that uh you know gay men can jump over uh a poll Ryan. hey
0: <laughs> uh was um, in- <clears throat> Just well, so they don't, about they don't say stuff like, "Wow, he went down like a faggot, or anything like that. They?
2: <laughs> they will They they will call, like, if there was a, a gay dancer, he would be twinkle toes. Oh,
0: okay, things, right. You
2: know, things like that. It's subtle.
0: It's a yeah. subtle show. So. They, yeah. do, they do
3: use the line, you sure got a purdy mouth. Quite wow. <laughs> it's,
0: it's the Sarah Palin of television yeah,
3: shows. Yeah,
2: is yeah, totally. That people, people get knocked out, and they say, oh, he squealed like a pig!
3: Oh! Yeah, no, they don't. That's kind of You sure hard. got a purdy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: Tokyo Broadcasting System alleges that... Uh, ideas were stolen from their shows to Take- Takechi's Castle, Suki and Kiniyochi.
3: Just before we started, Scott did point out, I mean it's a knockout, isn't it? I mean that's yeah, yeah which uh, I'm no, 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 predates-
2: No, this is this is a lot more like uh, Takechi's Castle than it is it's a knockout. It's a knockout uh, was about having fun and getting wet. Uh, this and is, wearing big foam and heads. And wearing big foam heads. Yeah. Uh, and playing your joker at the right most strategic time. Right. The what
0: about Gladiators, though? That's kind of... It's a little bit Gladiators. Well, it?
2: no, Gladiators is, uh, is is human against human. Right. Uh, whereas this is human against a spinning A pole with mace. birds stuck on <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> the crowbar. The crowbar. <laughs> the crowbar. Yeah, sorry, I'd forgotten what it was called. So, so yeah, so so TBS are, are suing ABC... Yep. Over, uh, ...over saying that you've copied it, and ABC's saying... No, 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 it's a homage. Is that, is that right? Uh,
1: ABC, I don't think have said much at all as yet. No. Uh, ABC spokesperson, Hope Hartman. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Hope, Hartman Hope Hartman would not comment on pending litigation.
0: So they got a spokesperson to come out and go, no, not n- say nothing. Yep. Oh, wow. That's my nice. name's Hope
2: Hartman, and here is my comment. No comment. <laughs> Thank you very much for turning up to this press conference. They're they
3: that... they are spinning Hope Hartman off to her own series, though, which uh, I'm quite looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's
2: great. Hey, uh, YouTube uh, is going to start showing full-length television episodes. Mm, cool. To rival uh, the American website Hulu, which... Uh, oh, you know what? Brett's special fancy doesn't work anymore. Sorry about that. But... There are new ways to see... For those see, that are just Well, I'm, get, I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm <laughs> getting there, but I'm really enjoying the look of confusion. No, no.
3: I, The funny thing is, I knew what it meant, but I, I was going with Scott's idea as well. I like uh. the idea of, yeah, Brett's special fans. <laughs>
2: yeah, the, it's very uh, special. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there are other ways to uh, watch overseas and barred international content on uh, Australian... Computers mm. via the internet. I uh, saw an article recently. I'm going to hunt it down and uh, put it up on the Boxcutter's website. We'll still call it Brett's Special Fancy, but we'll just make it Brett's new Special Fancy. Mm. Brett had uh, Bigger, a, proxy, uncut. a proxy server that he used a lot uh, right. for, for looking at uh, US content.
0: Oh, because I was thinking it's either a sexual position or a type of biscuit. Ooh. Brett's Ooh, Special Brett's Fancy. fancy. Yeah. Yum. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, so, anyway, uh, uh, they've uh, they've got some uh, content from CBS, including mm. Young and the Restless,
0: because
2: that's... Because we're hanging out to watch that. Yeah. Totally. Uh, 90210. So, uh, again, 3D uh, Special Fancy Australian viewers will get to watch it that way, as well as downloading it from the internet. Dexter and Californication. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's just some of the content that YouTube has at the moment. Of course, they're going to have to try to get advertising for it, and uh, NBC and ABC already have Hulu all sewn up, so uh, good luck to YouTube. I think they should just stick with their own.
1: No, I saw somewhere in passing also today about uh, YouTube putting up film content with links to uh, shops so that people can actually buy them. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's an old... I didn't old, read it that closely.
2: It's an, it's an old idea. <laughs> that, See, uh, yeah,
3: I think YouTube should should stick to footage of um, Japanese kittens playing with theremin and, you know, <laughs> that's what I watch mostly on it. And, um, you know, and, and girls in, in uh, low-cut dresses giving ill-informed opinions. I think that's what YouTube's for and I think it's a shame to start,
2: you know, using it for this crass commercial approach. <laughs> I like to watch girls in low-cut tops... Uh, playing a theremin shaped (laughs) like a kitten. Yeah, that's a good clip, that one. That's my Mm. favourite clip. That's my favourite YouTube clip. John Richards, have you got some real news?
3: Um, I've got some real news. I'd like to, you know, this is continuing my tradition of uh, news that's basically a year old. Um, This is from the age October 8th. The Australian Communications and Media Authority, ACMA, ACMA, Um, found Network Ten guilty on uh, October the eighth of breaching the commercial television industry code of practice during the broadcast of the two thousand and seven ARIA Music Awards on o- October twenty eighth last year. It yes. takes twelve oh. months for them to come to a conclusion. <laughs> um, during the introduction of nominated artists, Network Ten broadcast quick one frame versus sponsor logos. And Akuma reviewed the material and found, quote, the rapid-cut graphics used in the program was of a technique that attempted to convey information to viewers be below or near the threshold of normal awareness. So subliminal advertising is apparently actually illegal uh, to a degree, ah. even though there's no proof it actually works. Um, yeah. But still, well, you know.
1: Not, not illegal at all. It it goes contrary to the well, industry's well, to, code of practice. The well, because exactly, there, there is no subscri- uh, prescribed... A penalty for it.
3: Well, that's true, and in fact, they've basically, the, the 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 penalty in uh, Acme has given is a warning not to use the technique again. Mm.
2: Wow, that's tough. I know. So, <laughs> well, in, the, in in further Acme news and how they come down hard on the people that they're really <laughs> trying to, they'll warn you like you've never been they, warned yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really, they will. Well, CVC, who are part owners of Channel Nine, because uh, they have interests in Publishing and Broadcasting Limited. Uh, which has interests in Channel 9 uh, and also has interests in Channel 9 Darwin. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's Channel 9 Darwin. Mm. Uh, Apparently, uh, CBC Group also has interest uh, in uh, 11 companies that could exercise control over analogue and digital television licences in Darwin and are therefore breaching ACMA regulations. Well,
1: this is quite a recent thing because previously it had actually been a parger up in Darwin, hadn't it? Uh, who now? And Channel 9 have just bought out a parger, which is... Oh, oh right. Was like I think it was saying
2: a uh, parger, and I'm going, oh, no. this is a word I've never heard
0: of before. No, right. I'm
1: pretty sure that's the name. Um, I don't have any notes in front of me, but uh, so that's, that's only been in the last month or two.
0: And, uh, well, apparently, um, ACMA are going to take the, the very tough step of uh, looking askance. <laughs> you're uh, you're, yeah, you're, you're, not, you're right. not far yeah. from wrong. ACMA right. has
2: issued a directive. <laughs> oh, wow. Steady on. For CVC Group to take action within one year what? to rectify the
0: breach. <laughs> Can you say that again with a Dr. Evil voice? Within. One year. <laughs> Uh, so yes, wow. uh, Acma fast acting. Wow, they're the Gestapo of <laughs> Are they, media, they, aren't they?
2: They they will really just come come right after you, yep. and uh, and and you know threaten to tell
0: your mum. Well, well that, yeah. That, apparently, the worst thing they can do is nipple cripple.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, I'd like to read the, the the rest of the quote about the um the the ARIA Awards. Acma considers this action as proportionate, given this is the first breach of this kind by the licensee. Acoma forewarns the industry that future breach will result in significantly heightened compliance measures. Ooh. Oh.
0: <laughs> it's wow. a stern letter. That is quite <laughs> stern. Who called them on that? Like, How did, how did they find out about that? Uh, Media MediaWatch. Ah, right.
3: In, in all honesty, it says the ABC's Media Watch program revealed the breach, and Acma received several complaints shortly after. Shortly after Media Watch had pointed it out, right.
0: which is... It's because, yeah, because it was so subliminal that nobody noticed. Actually noticed the, yeah. it, but,
2: but really, really wanted to drink a Coke. Or something Yeah Uh, (laughs) Chupa Chups Big W Olay Telstra Big Pond KFC And Toyota Wow All at the same time Because I watched the Arias And all (laughs) I wanted to do Was eat KFC In a Toyota I know
3: know. Filled with Chupa Chups (laughs) While while putting my Oil of Olay on How many of those Have you actually done Voiceovers for Scott Uh,
0: (laughs) Probably all of them At some point Yes Yes. Bruce. There could be
1: trouble afoot in the uh, US TV industry. Is this again, again about this, wiped out? Yeah, no. Um, after last year's writer's strike, the uh, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, are considering taking uh, strike action oh. uh, sometime around November. Their president, Ellen Rosenberg, and uh, National Executive Director, Doug Ellen, <clears throat> have uh, told members that the National Board will meet next weekend on uh, the issue.
2: Doug Allen, creator and producer of Entourage, mm, that same Doug Allen could
1: be. Mm. It not I'm go sorry, but here. I
0: just think that if uh, just people holding up a placard protesting with SAG written on it, <laughs> yeah, it's not that powerful, really. I is like it? the SAG Awards. <laughs>
3: I just think the SAG <laughs> Awards is, is hilarious in itself. <laughs> My God! I won a SAG award. Oh my God! Or the, the big sag. Oh God! Kirsty
0: Alley's won again. Oh
2: now here's here's the thing with, uh, with with actors in American television. There are two guilds. There's SAG and there's, I think it's called AFTRA, the uh, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. And do they have street fights with knives? They yeah. really do. They. <laughs> Hate each other's guts. Wow. They can't stand each other, and they uh, they were talking about coming together to negotiate uh, new contracts together uh, as one big strong force. But they hate each other so much. After it went behind SAG's back, and uh, hey and honey, is
0: this an episode of Nine <laughs> <owner?
2: laughs> It sounds like it. I mean this, this is the thing. They they went behind their back and went, oh, we'll uh, we'll make an agreement with you. So all the uh, like all the daytime soap. Uh, Stars and uh, all the uh, daytime talk show hosts, uh, they're all AFTRA members, uh, SAG members, uh, they have a different kind of dra- television drama and uh, and also films. So the thing is, if SAG goes on strike because of uh, television negotiations.
3: the all the daytime soap stars could rush on to Dexter. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and get in a big moment. But also the. Um, <laughs>
2: Uh, also, that means that uh, all, of, uh, all of the movie industry is shut down. Right. So, it's a, it, it would be a huge problem. And uh, the thing is, SAG have held off on making a, a negotiation for so long that they've really just screwed themselves. Because also, all the producers are going, well, we've got this deal with AFTRA. And, uh, and they've got that deal. But you know what? You're not going to get nearly as good a deal as they've got. Wow. So, or i sag Yes, yeah, suck it, sag
0: Suck it, sag
2: <laughs> Did you have anything else to add to that? No, right. that's it That's it? Yep uh, Lastly, in the news uh, There is going to be an announcement This is I love, I love news that starts with There is going to be an announcement It's They've the announcement
1: of the announcement Yeah
2: it's like, it's like couples who are engaged to be engaged mm. Nah, just mm. it's Really? Makes, people do that? Yeah, people do that No, that's insane so, Make some kind of commitment
1: who are these people? I
2: don't know, oh, and I don't want to know them. Uh, anyway, anyway, onto the news. Uh, analog TV is due to be switched off in a phase-by-phase approach. The announcement is going to happen sometime next week, uh, and uh, and apparently they're going to start with Northern Victoria, particularly Mildura.
0: Yeah, take that, Mildura. Really? Yeah, in yeah. your yeah. face, Mildura, in a- your analogue... Yeah, your analogue love and ways. Yeah. A- you sure got a pretty mouth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Mildura have the highest take-up of digital television of uh, any uh, any area in, in the country. Can you not
0: say the words take-up of digital ever again, please? <laughs> really? Oh, this
2: is so much like an episode of Are You Being Served. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, they, um, because Channel 10 uh we're only broadcasting in digital to that region so they uh so, so people who wanted channel 10 went well I'll buy a digital receiver which is actually what they're called Scott Brennan okay it's no I'm not making any rude <laughs> pun <No>. at all <laughs>
0: well wow, that was my nickname in high school <laughs> <laughs>
2: the uh so, so they're going to start with Miljura and slowly, and I mean really, really slowly. They're going to start in 2009 with Miljura. They'll buy it drinks first. Oh, sorry. Start in 2010 with Miljura and then finish by December the 31st, 2013. Ooh. Stephen Conroy, the Minister for Communications also has the option to extend that by six months. Is that just Mildura, or is that all of us? No, that's everyone. Okay. Well, so they're, start, they're starting with Mildura. Uh, Mildura Miljura going to be a test bed for...
0: Uh, well, you choose your words so I know, well. I know. <laughs> well, um, I was, I was going to say
2: a test bed for digital reception. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's much better.
3: Yeah. Um, if you're, yeah, I recommend the listeners should write down all of Josh's comments today and try and put them in the filthiest paragraph yeah, you can and then post t- them on the site. <laughs> I think I already did. I don't know, let's, let's set a challenge.
0: Let's Okay. See yeah, okay. okay. Um, so where does that leave Channel 31, sort of around the country? Does it... Stuffed. Oh, Bread- Cri- Bread- did you, did you, you read the
1: more? article a couple of weeks ago in the green? I don't read anything. About- Thirty-one are apparently uh, excited about going digital, even though there doesn't seem to be any uh, kind of clear avenue. I, 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 yeah, there that seems going to be particular. hope
3: now that that, that, that someone's going to actually come on board and, and hope help Hartman. Them go digital. Right. Hope Hartman will come on Maybe board and save
2: the day and say nothing. Yes. Uh,
3: because Perth Thirty-One <clears throat> went, didn't it? We've yeah. We already lost Perth Thirty-One. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah.
2: It was. It was taken over by some uh, businessman in uh, in Perth, and then it was unceremoniously just taken away from him.
1: Oh. Oh, it was, I was taken away from him.
2: I don't know. It was just taken... It was just closed down, shut down. It left. Yeah. Well, well he put The all this board
1: had, had uh, voted to wind up the the station. And so its, it's licence to broadcast was
0: taken away. Oh, that's a bit sad. It yeah. Was a bit sad.
2: Yeah. But, you know, James Bond still acted like an agent when his licence to kill was taken away. So you're saying Chelsea, yeah. Perth is still broadcasting. Just yeah. They could. Yeah. They could. Right. It's, yep. uh, you know, give it a go. Why not? <laughs> Why not? What, they're going to they're gonna come and just switch it off? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but where's the passion? Oh, God. Where's the passion, oh, we've Scott? we've lost him. He's gone. And that He's gone. He's gone. He's is the, the Box Cutters News. You the listening to Box
0: Cutters. This rude. <laughs> is Sorry. it normally this, this rude? I, I, I think I got asking. ruder when I joined. <laughs> I,
3: admit, I started trying to find double entendre and everything, which I, I do apologise for. And but this,
2: this episode is ruder than this the is episode particularly rude. than yeah. the episodes with Pete Smith or Adam Richard. Oh, really? Yes. No, wow, that's because Pete Smith's something. filthy, <laughs> dirty, dirty man. Ah, uh, Scott Brennan. Yes. What a wonderful career you've had in television!
0: Gosh, yes, haven't I just? It's it started um, way
2: back with IMT. It's, um, <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised how many guests we've we've had who can actually give us IMT memories. Oh, really? I can't give you one. No, maybe staying up late. Well, that, that's still it's, an IMT memory. Yeah, well, I it's, guess. So. Do you remember it? You know that really real, though. No. Are you? Okay. No, no, he's not. He's not. He's just a little. I'm little a snapper. Kid. I'm just a kid. We, yeah. a wee snapper. Uh you were uh your your first big television role mm. was on uh Skid House on Channel Ten. Is
3: that yeah, right? that
0: was kind of my first main big yes. You were part of that ensemble class. Ensemble, cast. yes. Ensemble.
3: and then onto Comedy Inc. And then as on to well. Comedy is Inc. Is that I mean is that a, a choice? Do you do you enjoy the world of sketch? I do,
0: yeah, to some extent. Um Comedy was a kind of. I was a serious actor before I became a comic kind of person. And um, the comic stuff just kind of took off. And so I've left behind. I be, still do the occasional serious thing, but generally people laugh at me when I do it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the comedy was kind of what took off. And so, See, I mean,
3: the comedy wasn't, because I would have, yeah, I didn't realize you didn't come from a world of comedy.
0: Uh, no, no. I kind of started off doing, you know, very serious. Uh, plays at, at university mm-hmm. and you know like I've done you know s- dramatics I've done t- Blue Healers and Stingers and you know n- Neighbours that's that's kind of comedy yeah, According um, to this in Blue
3: Healers you played Protester number two
0: I did I also played um, oh yes I did I played Protester number two What, what do um, you remember of Protester I, number two? I remember being given some gumboots that were far too big for me um, and having that's, to run through a swamp That's worthy of protesting <laughs> It is worthy of protesting No I had to run through a swamp and um, run like a, like a duck. I was just because my the gumboots were so big and I had to run around a corner and, and, and yell out the line, help, help, someone's been shot. <laughs> and uh, then somebody else, one of the Blue Heelers said, where? And I went, just round the bend. And then hey. ran off. Yeah. And, and, and and <laughs> stru- this was years ago. And strangely enough, the woman... I didn't realise this, but the, p- the person who'd been shot was actually Fiona Harris, who I ended ah, up doing Skid House with. Right. Um, which is really weird. But yeah. you didn't you didn't meet her at the time? You, uh, you were... Yeah, we did, but we just kind of went, hey, mm, eh, whatever. Um, I've got lines, you don't. Um, <laughs> 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 Only two lines, yes. though, because more than that, they have to
3: pay
2: you more, is that right? It's pretty much, but yeah. Still, so. c- but still, contractually, he's
0: not allowed to talk to the no-liners. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but then years later, I had another role on, on Blue Healers, and I, I played... Wayne um, Bayliss. Wayne Bayless. Wayne Bayless uh who was a, <laughs> a f- firefighter hero um a volunteer firefighter and the, um what was the name it wasn't Wandon Valley what where's Blue Healer's set? the town Mount Thomas Mount was Thomas. surrounded by fires and I was the hero fireman who was putting them out and all that, and, but, it, it, you know, they were kind of... It turned out that I was the one starting them and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I, would have, I would have suspected you. Yeah, I know. It's, of course. I look like a volunteer fireman. But in my character, Wayne Bayless had this dog called Sparky. And in the script, it's always, you know, Wayne and his faithful companion Sparky turn up and, oh, his best friend Sparky. And I'm always talking about Sparky. But the dog that they got to be sparky hated my gut (laughs) (laughs) there was this amazing the first scene was house on fire it was PJ's house on fire and I had to be a hero and go running onto the flaming front porch with some bolt cutters and turn off to these two big gas tanks and cut the, the, the lines with the bolt cutters and then drag the gas tanks away from the flame, thus saving the house from exploding. And I pulled the gas tanks out, dropped them on the lawn, fell to my knees, and my trusty dog, Sparky, came running up to give me love. And the only way they could get the dog to run at me was if I had bits of sausage in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> And as soon as the sausage was eaten, I tried to. It would try to run away, so I'd grab it, and it would bite me. <laughs> so that's my serious acting, <laughs> right there. Um, yeah. So uh,
2: g- going from Skithouse, House, which uh, for, for a, a large part of its uh, its life was uh, really well respected as a sketch comedy show, mm. and going to Comedy Inc., which for a large part of its life was not. Yeah. How was that jump? Because also, I mean, I know I know that you had uh, you had friends on the Comedy Ink set yeah, as well as yeah. having friends on the Skid House set. So, uh, but but really, uh, it, how did that feel for you going from one to the other? And what what was the comparison like?
0: Uh, it was 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 quite different because uh, we all wrote Skid House. So like Skid House was like for me was like it was kind of was my baby. It was all our baby. We kind of, you know, were there writing, writing the sketches. We'd write things for ourselves. And, and so it was a real kind of developmental thing. Whereas Comedy Inc., you just get handed sketches and go, yeah, do this. Um, and it's a really kind of fast turnover.
3: So you didn't have any input at all? In uh, not
0: really. I wrote a handful of sketches. I did two series of Comedy Inc. And I probably wrote six sketches mm-hmm. for each series um, for myself, generally. Just wrote characters and stuff. Um, so it was, <clears throat> it was different in, in that I was very much just kind of actor for hire. Mm-hmm. For comedy Inc um, but also, yeah, it was different, like you know, I was aware that you know that, that comedy Inc had this sort of reputation and uh but you know I love doing sketch, um I love working in t v and it just was like, well, the industry's pretty kind of crap at the moment, and i 've actually been offered a job as a full time cast member on a a show that I would love to do. As it turned out, I had an awful time on that first series <laughs> um, for a number of reasons. The second series, the last series that I did, was just spectacular. It was amazing. Well, um, it was one of the best experiences I've had working in TV. I think.
2: But uh, co- comedy, I mean, Comedy Inc. and Skit House were very different. Yeah, ske- very shows. different. Comedy Inc. <laughs> did a lot of uh, television uh, yeah. spoofing, yeah. and uh, mo- mostly, mostly Paul McCarthy dressed up as someone yeah. and, from and
0: television. He's Paul McCarthy's so good as a mimic. Mm. Like, he's just a natural mimic. He's amazing. And I said to them going in, I don't do impersonations. And you just get handed scripts and you're doing this. You're playing Daryl Summers on Dancing with the Stars this week. I I had to do uh, um, Red Simons on The X Factor. And just all these impersonations that I was really, really uncomfortable with. And you just kind of go, what am I going to do? So you just have to do your best. And the weirdest thing was I had to be Ross Noble on... um, (laughs) Like, on, uh, that's pretty weird, isn't bits? it? And, specs. Yeah. and I know Ross, and he confronted me at the comedy f- Melbourne Comedy Festival last year, and started doing my impersonation of <laughs> him back at me in the festival bar because I didn't tell him about it. I was going to email him and go, "Look, I have to play you. I feel a bit weird about it, but whatever." And he just and he caught me being him, and so but that that kind of stuff is really weird because most you know we sort of all know a lot of people in TV, and so. You invariably end up impersonating someone that you have either met or you know, or so it's just it's it's quite odd.
3: What was the joke there with Ross Noble? What was what was the? The
0: sketch they had to do was they are like it. It it was just one of his rants, and I had to do some rant about monkeys. And hey, well, the monkeys and they're wearing feathers on their heads and all, and it just went on and on. I go, um, okay, yeah, look, the answer we were looking for was actually Led Zeppelin, Uh, and that was kind of the joke. But I had to put on a big wig and (laughs) a stupid accent. Not a stupid accent. Oh God, he's listening. (laughs) Um, Put on an accent and you know.
3: I was always curious. What's the Do workload it. like on those sort of shows? I mean, how many full sketches on. are you are you filming in a day?
0: Uh, those days are full on. There, like you, you're up at five o'clock in the morning, every morning, and out on location by. Six. You're in my, like if you've got a full on day of you know imper, you know lots of makeup. You get there really early. You start shooting as soon as the sun comes up, and you, we might finish by about six in the evening. So they're kind of twelve hour days. Um, and, and
2: is that, that is, that's for one sketch?
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. uh, amazing. Sketch, that's that one, one line. No, we would sh- <laughs> we would probably shoot. Well, Skid House was a bit slower than Comedy Inc. Skid House, we'd probably shoot about six sketches a day. Comedy Inc, we'd shoot anywhere between eight and thirteen sketches a day. Depending on what they were, it's so it's really a factory. Really, it's you just churn them out, and because um, what you do is you, we just like if we're doing uh, sketches set in a in a library, we would just shoot, go to a library for two days, and shoot sketch after sketch after sketch after mm-hmm. sketch after, sketch, and then they would be spread out over twenty episodes, right? <clears throat> so that you know, we'd, so we'd we'd spend two or three days at each location, um, just churning out all these sketches, which would then be. You know, spread out over the entire series.
3: Did you ever have um, a friend of mine who was a uh, uh, worked on on another sketch comedy show which will go unnamed? Told um, me once of the, a uh, story. The big bite <laughs> <a> story. <laughs> where, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was that one in the shopping centre. Um, <laughs> <laughs> does anyone remember the that? Sale. that the comedy, comedy sale. Fail. Comedy oh, sale. Oh, remember but that? Butler was in Atlanta.
2: Woodley and were an in, that. in that. Amazing anyway, yeah. anyway, cast Anyway, fantastic. cast
3: another show that she'll go unnamed. Um, she was telling me once they were on set and no one actually knew what the joke was in the sketch. Like oh. no one could work it out, and there was no writer around, and they had to just. Film the sketch hoping they were getting whatever the joke was. Have you ever had similar
0: uh yeah like you kind of work on the fly like it's because it's this kind of the sketches really are just churned out that often we'll get them and go okay this this sketch is crap and like the, we will all write alternatives how about this for a punchline how about this let's try this and so we'd constantly be kind of reworking things as we went and going actually no that doesn't work we we have a read th- we'd have a read through every week mm-hmm. we'd read all of the sketches for the week on a Monday. Um, but you know, often things would kind of slip by, and you go, "Oh, we'll think of something. We'll send that back for a rewrite," and it just wouldn't get done. And so you'd constantly be ad-libbing, and and the, the in the last series in particular of comedy, the director was really kind of happy to do that, and we'd all play and have fun, and you know, like so, sketches would kind of develop
2: that is, way. Is that why your second series was uh, was a lot more enjoyable? Yeah, that? yeah, there was just a bit more kind of looseness to it, and yeah. Uh you and Cal Wilson worked very closely together mm. on, on Skid House. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at the Comedy Festival earlier this year, there was uh, a show. With, if you want to go back and listen to the Tim Ferguson episode, uh, we talked about a Comedy Festival ah, show yes. uh, <clears throat> that, uh, that looked at bits that didn't make it to TV. Next. And you had, uh, you had some uh, sketches with Cal yeah. where you, uh, you, you both played uh, old uh, like vaudeville um, uh, Yeah, stars. old showbiz
0: couple. Uh, Mitzing and Hammond Well so. When you uh
2: when when you get characters like that and characters that are so well uh put together and portrayed and never get used, mm. do you think, well, we've got them, why don't we, you know, try to write a try to write a series around them or try to
0: uh, uh, do something yeah, or, we'll,
2: or do they just go away?
0: No, no. Well, a couple of years ago, Cal and I did um, a, a show for the comedy festival called Mitzi and Hammond Well, it's says Triumph de Force. <laughs> triumph de Force! Ow, oh, honey, it was adorable. <laughs> and, um, and we did that in Melbourne and took that to the New Zealand Comedy Festival. Um, so, like, these characters... And we often would do those characters live. Um, we do them sort of at gigs. We uh, emceed the opening of the Midsummer Festival a couple of years ago as Mitzi and Hemingwell. So, so kind of these characters do have, yeah, lives. If they're, if they're really good, you kind of go, we can't just let them die. They're too much fun. Yep. Well, those sketches
3: um, were incredibly funny. I mean, they're, they're really lovely. <laughs> I do about how they could they could they they lived so close to the edge they could, they could see the edge from their oh, house. Oh,
0: yeah, we could see the edge from our house. There was a little sign with the edge <laughs> so, written but, on why it. Why yeah. were they not used? Well, the network... Thought that they were a little too in, they were a little too showbiz. That you could only understand them if you had something to do with showbiz, which I think is ridiculous. Like having seen the success of extras, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty in. Um, and I, I just think, you know, sometimes they just went, nah, yep, yeah, nah, you know. And who can fathom any, you know, decision that's made by a television so, network? How much say?
2: How much say does a does the network have in what schedules
0: they have? They have final say.
3: But wouldn't right. that decision... Is this yeah. weird to allow you to film them? So you've gone through all the effort of uh, yeah. make and costume... Because the sketches,
0: and the, all the scripts go into the network to be checked. Um, anyway, they just said, like, these are the sketches we're doing this week, okay, cool. And so they're all read. Um, and any legal problems are kind of dealt with and all that kind of stuff because they have to deal with that sort of stuff. But, you know, it just came down to it. And they just went, no. Nah. Um so, it, but, I, I is, have no idea. Is how that because any
2: Channel Ten were a co-producer of of the series? Yeah, their, their logo appears at, at the end. Yeah, um, if it was just Roving Enterprises, one hundred percent.
0: If it was just Roving Enterprises, yeah, but nothing's ever kind of one hundred percent. The network, I think, always has a say as to what goes to air on their own network. Right. Um, I think when it comes down to it, they can at any point go, "No, that bit's not going in," you know, because they were kind of putting up half the money, and they they yeah they'd commissioned Rove to produce. The show. Has anyone ever told them that they don't understand television? Because <laughs> ne- networks have a huge history of not oh.
2: understanding television. Yeah,
0: I don't know if anyone's actually, but it might be quite refreshing <laughs> to tell them. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's actually gone, you know what, you people are just a pack of idiots. Yeah, you know what, I miss uncreative
3: producers. I'd yeah. really love to have some more uncreative producers oh, yeah, at oh. yeah, People who go, you know, I don't know. I met one in America once uh, when I was over for Outland at um, a festival in Dallas. And this fantastic producer said, I'm a producer because I can't actually create anything. Like, I'm not a writer, I'm uh, not a director. So my whole thing is I find talented people and just get them money. And I went, right. can I marry you? Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, That's-
0: yeah. Oh, wow. That's exactly what the industry needs. It's exactly. I would have invited him for some digital reception. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, classy, classy, classy. Can I ask
3: quickly? I know we're probably, you know, I mean. Listeners are probably bored of you by now, Scott. Yeah, but, I'm bored of me. But, Jeremy, um, the other thing I was going to ask you about was all the voiceover work that you do. Mm. And you're currently the voice of Coles. I am. Is that is that actually like a big thing to become the voice of Coles? Is it is it a thing um, like being, you know, the. the yeah. The, Idiot.
0: You- well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's, the voice of Coles in particular is kind of good. I, I'm kind of doing their current. In their entire campaign. Um, which means I get to do, you know, the cool kind of. Coles, proudly Australian since 1914. But I also have to do the Mint Steak, 6 95 a kilo. Save $3. Um, which is kind of weird. But um, apparently I've never the first... wanted Mint Steak so much. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you're so steak, good at... Mint Steak, Mint oh, Steak. Oh. Uh, but apparently I'm the first male voice that Coles have used. What, ever? Um, ever? Yeah, that they've only ever used women. Okay. Uh, which is interesting. Or, or for at least the, like the last ten years, they've only used women. Most of them being Lisa McKin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think three of them were Lisa McKeown. You are the new um, Lisa McKeown? Yeah.
3: Does it come with restrictions and stuff? Though? Are you told no. that you're not allowed to go off and do that ad for heroin that you are planning to do? No,
0: what? I've been doing heaps of heroin lately. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, ads, no.
2: Heroin ads.
3: <laughs>
0: heroin ads, heroin ads. Yes. No, yes. Um, no, there are no restrictions. You just kind of get caught in. Because I did, oh, was, was the voice of Honda for a little while as well um and you just kind of suddenly find yourself in there and they go oh can you just do these 30 ads and it's like oh okay i've just become the voice of this okay right and then um yeah and so i became kind of did, did this the whole campaign for coles and they just went yeah can you come in and do 20 more and here's you know 40 that we want you to do and so they never actually say oh you're now the voice of coles it's just odd oh, can you just do all of them? So there's no yeah. ceremony? No, you don't get, like, the key to Coles <laughs> or anything. Um, I, yeah, no, I was
3: wondering if there might be a contract saying, you know, and you're not allowed to,
2: to no, do this or you that. you are not allowed thing. to do the voice for Safeway, Safeway or... or, or yeah.
0: Well, I probably... They wouldn't let me... Any, they probably wouldn't. My agent would go, Ah, oh, actually, no, you're probably not allowed to. Um, but uh, I think that that's kind of the good thing about voiceovers, actually, in that because you're not seen, um, you can do whatever you like. I mean, you know, like, remember Samuel Johnson from Secret Life, was doing voiceover after... Like, you'd hear his voice everywhere oh, for a I, while there. And I thought it was because I was schizophrenic. Right, yeah.
3: But that was coincidental. I
0: know. Yeah, the, you... you <laughs> and, um, yeah, I know, like, Angus Sampson you hear a lot. He does... Yep. He does a lot of... Do,
3: do you have a voice niche? Like, like is it is it kind of that you know they're hiring you to be a certain type of voice? Like, yeah. Do you know
0: what I, that is? Well, I used to do a lot of kind of uni student soundy kind of stuff... Um, like can't wait for your uni placement results. Get the age. Um, a lot of that kind of stuff, and you know, young guys, you know, TAC kind of stuff. And uh, but lately, <clears throat> I've been I've been getting a lot of this kind of stuff, which is you know, Coles, proudly Australian, and here's news from Honda, and you know, it's all kind of I don't know why, but I've just been getting a lot of soft and gentle. Am I soothing you? Yes, <laughs> I'm I am. Um, I'm ready for digital reception. That's right. <laughs> that's foreplay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I've been getting a lot of that. Have you kind of lately? Uh, have you yeah. had many uh,
2: front of camera ads? Yes, and yeah. uh, and and how does Because I've, I've also I noticed a very small trend, mm. very, very tiny tiny trend in Australian television that if you were in an ad for. Uh, some kind of food product, yep. where you had to go up to people in the street and ask them questions about yep. that food product, and you were a comedian. You then later got your very own hosting job. <laughs> wow! And yeah, when I say wow. very, very small trend, I'm really talking uh, Roving well, Ro- Manners and Will Anderson. Yeah, yeah that's a but, small trend. Yeah, very small.
0: But, but you know, popular shows. So, well, uh, it's interesting because I I got Skithouse... House. Um, only a couple of months after Angus Sampson and I had done... I think we'd done about eight <gasps> oh, Magi Snack your Stop. Loves yeah, it. your mum loves it. We'd done all these ads and um, they were kind of everywhere and people were kind of yelling at me from trams and stuff. Your mum loves it and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then that a few months... weird. Yeah, it was really weird. It was really weird because, you know, you do the job and it's, you know... It, it, um two months a month later the, it appears on tv and you've completely forgotten about it and you've spent all the money and suddenly pe- you know it's kind of in everyone's heads and it's it is really weird and there was a lot of kind of oh, you know Scott got skit house from doing those ads and people actually said to me oh did you get that did you get Skit House from doing those ads and I was like no I got I got Skit House from working my ass off and doing live comedy for Ooh. you know six years no that can't be it no no yeah, that can't, can't be it be it would well. be that would be the noodles yeah it would be the noodles the only one um, I can
3: remember is that when we punched that woman in the head
0: uh that was uh no that was, was security the, footage
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, was that the Medibank <clears throat> Private. The one. Oh, I was the ad for mosquitoes, but no, no it's a, yes, yes, it's yes that that's right. Yeah, I yeah. think about. I think at last count, I've done about fourteen or fifteen ads in in front of camera. In front of camera, like far too many to actually be taken seriously as an actor <laughs> anymore. <laughs> now
2: that the uh, now that the the. Uh Excellent voiceover artist from uh, the US who does, who did all of the. Oh, yes, as, yes. All yes. Of those. Now that he's, uh, he's, he's passed on to do uh, voiceover in the
0: sky, mm. do you think you could uh, take over the inner world mantle? Oh, totally, totally. Over- in a world <laughs> where, um, where guys wear pants. Uh, <laughs> in a world where, see, it's just it's I, re- I want to see that film. Yeah. I want to see that film. It's called Pants.
2: Scott Brennan, you're <laughs> sticking around for the rest of Box Cutters, whether you like
0: it or not. And I'll be making lewd comments for the rest of the, the show. Woohoo. hoo yeah. Hi, this is the fabulous Adam Richard, and you are listening to the Box Cutters. <gasps> I love them. They're very exciting. And now here's my famous catchphrase. You ready? Say hi to your dad for me. Oh, maybe that's not mine.
2: Life on Mars was a very successful UK television series starring John Sim. Yes, it was. I loved it. I think, I, I think everyone, uh, everyone in Boxcutter's world Brett, did you love it? Brett's it. mm-hmm. been very quiet yes, for yes. a bit. I'm worried.
3: Yes. Uh, did, you, did you love Life on Mars? I or? did love it, yes. 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 He's, yes.
2: Brett's a little bit
1: snoozy mm. today. I, I was working all night and just looking at a monitor, editing stuff.
2: Right. Mm. Yeah. But still here, viewers. A, that that is, is such is. a good story, Brett. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm so glad you shared. You can still see... Well, I should point out, I've, you I've still got the night of it, so you know, I'm not looking forward to it.
3: Even if you can't hear him, you can still see him if you go to the... The, the, the video podcast. The, yes, there, which there is, is boxcutters.com. colours waving at the camera. Slash Scott. Blog. Scott, there Scottie? is... Scutty, yeah. smile wave at the camera. Which one? Is, where's no,
0: the camera?
2: Scott, there is no video podcast. What? There is no video podcast.
0: Oh, my God. Is my medication wearing off? I was really... Life on
3: Mars, John Richards. <laughs> They've made a US version of it. They have made a US version. Look, I loved Life on Mars. I was a huge fan of Life on Mars. But you, were, you were... Didn't see it. Right. What? That's a I great don't... anecdote. Yeah,
0: great. Um, <laughs> bought a tear to my eye. No, no.
3: Life on Mars, yeah, recap. John Sims, Phil Glanister as um, John Sims plays a, a cop called Sam Tyler, gets I, hit I by a car. I think John
2: Sim... Is it John I think oh, there's
3: only one of them I like both of them okay. Anyway um, Yes John Sim gets hit by a car Wakes up in 1973 And has to adjust To the world around him And uh, you know Part of the story was like What the hell is he doing there Is he As the opening credits told us There was a big thing of, Is he either mad He's in a coma Or he's actually back in time And it's You know One of those three Um not giving much away to say, it, it's the most obvious one <laughs> at the end of the series. But they've, um, yeah, they've made an American series, and this is really fascinating. If you, if you like television, and I, you probably do, if you're I, listening, I'm mm-hmm. a big, I'm a big fan of television. Do you like television? I do, mm-hmm. I, do I do like I television. Did not know that um, mm-hmm. you can you can go online and um, you know through the interwebs, you can actually find both the original English, you know, first episode, the. US pilot that was scrapped that has Cole Meany playing Gene Hunt and was set in LA and the episode that's just gone to air, which is set in New York and has Harvey Keitel playing oh. playing Gene. Oh they've they've moved it to New York. It's moved to New York which actually makes a lot more sense. Yes. You know, than LA because LA is, is you know, the car park at Chadston to most people. It, it doesn't have... You know, there's no, there's no anything to L.A. To, mm. Whereas New York, you get to kind of go, this is 70s New York as opposed to now. And 70s New York has a whole kind of... You know, there's so many films and Scorsese and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And Harvey Keitel being there. Um,
2: whereas uh, the difference between 70s L.A. and... Uh, today's LA is just hooker prices have well, gone up. Yes. And smog. <laughs> and smog. Yeah.
3: So I mean, it's fascinating. You can watch all three versions, especially because both American versions steer. I and mean, they're incredibly similar to, to the English one. Um, virtually. virtually. I mean, the, the one that's gone to air, the New York one, has shot-by-shot shot copies from it, which is kind of bizarre. Um, oh. And what was curious was that bits mm. I thought were really clumsy and unfunny in the American one, I went back and discovered it's exactly the same dialogue from the English one, but somehow... It's everything seems slightly more forced in the American one. Also, the English one has a sixty-minute runtime. The American one's got forty-two-minute runtime. So, that's a third of your, your wow. plot. Wow. Yeah. Been. And, and yeah, and I kind of I don't. Know, it's interesting to watch. But we were saying before, you know, that um, Brett's commandment of three that you have to watch three episodes. And I suspect this will be like the The Office that it won't be any good until it actually starts heavily Becoming moving away from. Yeah, from its source material, mm. because but that was
1: because they actually continued on the story. Are they? Do you think they're going to continue? Well, I mean, it's on going the to be a lot more, a
3: lot more episodes. Obviously, you know, because Life on Mars is, is sixteen episodes across two series, and that's the total. And many people, including myself, probably consider that too many. Like, I think it should have just been one series of eight. Would have been. It's like you know, uh, it's
2: it's like The Prisoner, which was originally intended to only be seven episodes, and, and he had to make it. He had to yeah, make twelve or thirteen to make it a sort of series, and um, yeah, and 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 it is kind of.
3: There's a couple of odd changes. Since it's so similar, it's kind of slightly odd that in, this, in the US version, Sam has told everyone he's from 2007, whereas in the UK version, only Annie knows that. The rest think he's weird, but they don't know that he's patently delusional from their, yes. from their perspective. You know, they're not going to let him keep being a, a detective if he's running mm. around going, I'm from the future. <laughs> Let's talk about cell phones. What, you know?
2: what would be really interesting, though, in, in the American version is what is the US equivalent of the scary end of transmission the, uh, girl with yes, the, the test card girl. Also, also
3: yeah, we had um, Basil Brush turned up on the UK one. There was mm. um, Zippy, Zippy, uh, the, the, uh, Zippy the weird gimp puppet. Yeah, and there's a great bit, I actually never saw the series myself, but that one, the, the Plasticine Animation people, I think it's Ka- Campbell with Green, I think they, they parodied in, in the original Life of Mars, is a bit going here's Sam, he's looking sad. Why are you sad, yeah, Sam? Is Gene kicking a nonce? <laughs> and then it comes to this plasticine gene hunt kicking a plasticine non <laughs> waving at the camera. And yeah, that's the stuff
2: I don't imagine the Americans being able to handle. Um, See, that's, that's Because also uh, American television uh, didn't really... I mean, they had... Uh, uh, the National Anthem would play, and then it would just go to, uh, just go to snow... Until transmission started okay. again. So yeah, it'd be interesting
3: if they, if they can find those sort of spooky figures. There's um, advertising seems to be turning up quite a bit. Like, so there are a lot of televisions in US Life on Mars, but it's usually ads playing, which I guess have a certain nostalgia value for the for the audience. Mm. There. Well, this is
2: uh, Supernatural uh, recently had uh, an episode uh, where one of them goes back to the uh, 1960s, and the way <laughs> the way they tell us that it's not now is uh, he, he wakes up at, at, at a bus stop and the bus stop has an ad for Tab. <laughs> okay, As, that's uh, nice. No, no. Tab nice. Tab is the international symbol of yes, not anymore. Yes. My thought
1: Tab was more 70s than 60s. <laughs>
3: My, yeah, my absolute <laughs> favourite thing in film or television is when someone turns on a radio to find out what year it is I'm always loving that when it's like where are we and they'll turn it on and it's like you know wow. I <laughs> love playing or something it's the 70s you know and it's like it could just be the old station yeah and um, a journeyman because at the moment I think Life on Mars just comes across as a poor version of Journeyman which I think we, we talked about which, which, came,
2: which came across as a, a poor version of Life on Mars
3: oh uh, well actually yeah. also a rip off of The Time Traveler's Wife by, uh, well, by yeah, sure. Audrey Neffenberger but so many things are these days um <laughs> But on Journeyman, they used to just play uh, contemporary music of, of where he was meant to be, just over the top of the soundtrack without even any source. It was <laughs> right. just kind of like, you know... They'd He'd just,
0: be in the middle of the desert. And, and they'd like, like Marvin Gaye really loud. Bang, 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 yeah, bang. which
3: I just thought was fantastic. Great. Like it was like giving up any kind of <laughs> suggestion that there's a... But um, yeah, the funny thing about Life on Mars US too is that the thing I loved most in the UK version was that it was all about how Sam was a contemporary person goes back in time not too far into our past and it's so horribly racist it's sexist it's a really kind of unpleasant place by our standards but but also as police goes they, they've
2: got no procedures there's yeah they've uh, got there's,
3: the, yeah no, there's there's no friends also the yeah, the way they treat people is appalling and the american version kind of doesn't seem to be doing that at all unless it's just yet you know they might be not having time but the seventies version doesn't seem that different to the contemporary version. And maybe that's because the US is a, is, you know gave us Guantanamo Bay. Maybe they're not the kind of place to be able to to show that sort of perspective on you know, maybe well, maybe they're a country that believes it is okay to beat people up for
0: But also so many of America's T V shows is about kind of the police propaganda. Mm-hmm. It's all about how great the police are and how you should obey them and how they always get their yes. man and all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. They might not be inclined to kind of show any well, it, lapse in, in the police,
2: But there is also the the possibility that by showing that sort of action in 1970s police, they realise, well, that's not very different to what Vic Mackey does in The Shield. Yes, now, but quite mm-hmm. possibly. The,
3: yeah, that's mean. possibly. They can't show much of a difference. And I think also, um, I can't remember what channel it's for, but I think it's actually like a, a free-to-air one. I don't think it's it's cable. So it's quite um, sort well, of polite. It is, it's, it's free-to-air because it's 42 mm. minutes. Yeah, yes, so it's quite polite when it comes to the you know, sort of the sexism, and everything, it's all so low-key. And then if you go and compare it to what the English one is like, which it's much more aggressive and overt. It's, it's,
2: it's realistic. I mean, if, if you mm. watch shows from that area, if you, if you, if you watch Love Thy Neighbour, yeah. for example. Oh. Uh, yes. It's, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's the way uh, the white English middle to lower class spoke and, and it's the way they acted and uh, and that's, that's what they did. It is realistic. And ultimately with Life of
3: Mass, the US version, just the casting doesn't seem to have worked. The the league guy is just a big slab of meat in the in the American tradition. He's just a big hero. Whereas John Sim had that kind of very metrosexual, very Sort of small. He came across as a, you know, as a small guy who was hmm. really
2: lost. I can imagine Harvey Kytel would come across quite menacing well, as Gene I, Hunt. I
3: would have thought so, and I love Harvey Kytel, but I just couldn't help. They've lost the charm of... Because of, Gene Hunt, even in that first episode... It's funny, I had to go back and watch the English one to th- see if I was remembering stuff from later in the series and kind of putting it... But even that first one, Gene Hunt is still quite funny, and he's still quite charming. He has a real charm to him. Um, well, and,
2: he'll kick you in the ribs, but then give you a wink.
3: Well, yeah, exactly. And he has, and he has a certain samurai kind of code of honour that's his, even though it makes no sense to us. He's got... Whereas Harvey Hotel just comes across as a generic kind of tough cop. Like, he's not...
2: And Get then, into my mm. office! Yeah, mm. so
3: whether they'll, they'll find time to, to, to give him something else. And, and it would be nice if maybe they try and make him a completely different sort of gene hunt, would be. But, yeah, the whole thing, it, I mean, it's fine, but it just feels like a sort of bad cover version of... of yeah, the but original. Let's, it's let's hmm. look at it
2: uh, towards the end of the season and, and, and see, see, what, see yeah. what they've done with it. That was scary. What the hell was
0: that? Wow. <laughs> it's a bumper. That was like the Tomorrow People. <laughs> that was one of
2: Josh's. The uh, the, the Tomorrow People uh, we're going to be covering in, uh, in the next few weeks. Ooh. Yeah. I know. Josh Great. says that
3: all the time. Josh is obsessed yeah. with the Tomorrow
2: People. I love the Tomorrow People. Yeah. Uh, totally. I wish I could jaunt. Oh. How good would it be if you could that jaunt? That would be totally cool. Uh, Kath and Kim. Mmm. The US version of Kath and Kim started this week, both in the US and in the AUS. That's Australia. Right. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I know. Tricky. <laughs> Digital reception. <Yeah. laughs> hey. Uh The, uh... <laughs> In the digital reception in the the U.S. US. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's dirty. Dirty but subtle. Uh, (laughs) The U.S. press have...
0: They've not... Not taken to it. They've not been kind, have they? No.
2: uh, This is uh, a a report from uh, news.com.au where they just take a whole lot of really, really harsh quotes from U.S. (laughs) from US reviews uh, include uh, the New York Post, which everyone turns to for criticism. I think New York Post, well-renowned well, mm. well renowned, uh, for, for criticism, said that it's a dishwater copy of the Australian original and uh, then goes on to say, NBC's unfunny adaptation of the wildly funny Australian sitcom is arguably the worst idea for an import from the land down under since Vegemite.
0: <laughs> Yeah, see, so that's as harsh oh, to Vegemite, isn't it? That was, I would have thought Paul Hogan would be much worse. Well, Yahoo, yeah, serious. Yeah. Yeah. Because
2: Vegemite, we actually care about. Yeah, whereas exactly. We'll just take your cash. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think that's, where, that's where the difference is. Did anybody see... Uh, it was on uh, Sunday night on Channel 7.
3: I, I downloaded it in order to watch it for the program. And you didn't, did you? you I t- downloaded it. <laughs> right, okay. And then... Right.
0: And, then and actually, you watched it by osmosis. <laughs>
3: yeah, it, it reminds me of when I was much younger and I taped uh, uh, Belly of an Architect, the Peter Greenway film, and for three years I had a videotape with that on. Didn't get around to watching it, but I feel like I've watched it because wow. you know I treasured it for so that. So you've still time. never seen Belly of an Architect? I've still did. never seen it's Belly of an Architect. It's a re- re- really re- good
2: film? Is it? Oh, a really see, good I, I'll, film. I'll, I'll go now. I'll
0: go okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, come back. It's only short.
2: So... You watched 10 minutes of it, Well, I saw the first
0: 10 minutes of it on YouTube, and I have to say, I wasn't particularly impressed. It's uh, Again, it's that hard thing of they've taken
2: uh, the the script of the first episode of Kath and Kim and really just tried to transpose it to to the US, which is what they did with The Office as well. Uh, when they when they took the office, the first episode of the office was a direct copy of the first episode from the UK version, and then it found its own feet and uh and went its own way. And yeah, the first episode wasn't wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Like there were there were some some nice touches, like Kath has uh uh you know, Kath's fondness for different kinds of earrings uh she's got dreamcatcher earrings and you know yeah. that's a
0: you know cute cute little jokes like that I, that i thought they labored that kind of stuff like, i only saw the have first 10 minutes have you seen the australian version of kath well and kim. yes i have but the, the, <laughs> but i just I, I just thought that um the the great thing about the australian kath and kim is that it's really funny scripts uh, being performed by really funny characters well, and I, I felt like they had a script that was just being performed by not particularly funny characters in the US version.
2: Well, the difference as well uh, between the the US version. I mean, M- Molly Shannon and uh, and Summer Blair have not really worked together before, mm. but uh, the Australian version you've got Jane Turner, Gina Riley, Magda Jabansky. Who came up with the characters well, yeah, I mean, together? They're writer performance which I think is probably and, more of a because. Yeah. But also, they had been doing those characters together for however yeah. many years since Big Girls Blouse. Because this
3: is the thing, I mean, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of Kath and Kim, and I, I know that means I can be shot legally in the street yeah. um, as it's anti-Australian. Mm. But um, yeah, it's thing. I love those characters on Big Girls Blouse, and I, I love those performers, you know, and I think they've done amazing work. And but on Big Girls Blouse, five minute pieces, I thought they were brilliant. Mm-hmm. As twenty five minute, you know, episodes, I can. I cannot stand them. I just right. I just find it really, yeah, it's too big. It's too pantomime which I know mm. you're saying is that's kind of the appeal. That's how yeah. it works really yeah. is through that that scale, that size. Mm. So for the US to make it as a more, not naturalistic, but almost like, when there's some, there some talk on the Onion AV Club that um, it may well be these are Australian archetypes that, just don't really resonate with Americans, mm. and know? I
0: don't think they do. I don't think that that stereotype is as strong in America mm-hmm. as like that, that stereotype. In like, it's so identifiable in Australia. As soon as those characters turn up, as soon as you see them wearing what they're wearing, looking how they look, and they open their mouths, you know exactly where you are. They are and meant I, to be.
3: I mean, they're people we're related to, aren't they? Yeah. they're our neighbors they, and our friends. They are, and yeah. they are the you know. suburban aspirationals,
2: <laughs> exactly. And, things, I,
3: and we all have a Kath or Kim in our. Family somewhere, mm-hmm. I think. Whereas in America, I suspect that's more like it's white trash, which is something you don't want to be. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. I think there's. Well, you know, it's, it's, thinking about that now, the Woody Allen film Small Time Crooks, uh, where uh, they play characters that are these uh, these aspirationals, and, and they become uh, very rich very quickly, and then suddenly have to learn how to how to act around rich people. But that's that's the kind of stereotype that America has, mm-hmm. this idea of mm. wanting to be like these people and that's uh, th- that is kind of what Kath and Kim do as well. I mean you know we see that in the Australian Kath and Kim when uh, they go to the, the uh, Southland or whatever it's called mm. Fountain gate and uh, and then encounter Prue and Trude and uh, Prue and Trude are these people who think that they're better than than Kath and Kim and Kath and Kim kind of want to be like Prue and Trude but would never admit it. Mm. And uh, it, it is that kind of uh, weird, not enjoying the place where you are but making the most of it and uh, and being very proud of it at the same time.
3: So, I mean, it's also there's a degree of class sort of culture, isn't it? I mean, the idea that Kath and Kim are trying to climb from middle class to, to upper middle class, I'm, mm. I'm guessing. I'm, I'm sort of just, you know... But there's a sense of they're, 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 they're aspirational and they're transcending the class they're in. Mm. And I don't think the US kind of has that. Like, you, you could win Pop Idol and become rich, but you can't actually change class apart from, mm. yeah.
0: You know, apart- like Britney Spears has got millions of dollars, but she'll always be white trash. white trash. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. You know, and, and I'm thinking about shows like Roseanne, you know, um, yeah. it's all about embracing with a warm hug... That kind of you know, it's a very loving yes. tribute to that. Mm. And
2: Kath and Kim has never been a loving tribute to these. No, people. it's been it's been yeah. a, it's been a laughing tribute. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and therein lies the difference. But also, if you look at the first scene, the first shot of any episode of Kath and Kim, it is uh, an overhead shot of their house and where their house is, and it's in one of these new developments. Uh, it's probably got a lake, and uh, and they. Um, you know, it instantly tells us these are the sorts of people... It, that, yeah, it places them. Came up. Yeah, Th- These are people who have bought far away from the city because land was cheap, mm-hmm. but uh, houses that looked nice and probably on very low interest uh, but don't miss a repayment loans. Mm. And uh, the thing about the US is so much of their housing is that kind of housing. It's these... Developments in these uh, small, uh, you know, built-up communities that are, are just entirely invented and unnatural.
3: Do, does the US version place them? Does it? Does it no, it doesn't. Okay, mm, it doesn't. No.
2: And that, that I think is a is a big mistake because mm. it's it, it says a huge amount about who these people are and what what we can expect. And so they kind of come on screen in the in the first episode, and we don't know very much about them. Uh, and we need to be able to place them in society. And, again, I think it's something that America is very frightened of,
0: placing characters in society. I wonder how much of it also is the fact that, the critics aside, um, that because this is being made for American culture that um, that we just can't identify those characters because the the, the Australian Kath Kim are so close to us and we identify them so immediately that what they're trying to do with the American one is actually for a, a different culture to ours. But, but
3: it hasn't, It doesn't seem to have resonated with the, the US audience, no, though, either. I I don't yeah.
1: mm. <laughs> think that we would have seen it having <laughs> ha- having such a, a high intake of
0: US
3: Yeah, we are in on TV Because it was and interesting, the thing I was reading on in The Onion, just in, it's just in the discussion sections of the review of... It was quite a positive review of the episode. People talking about... Um, the concept of like uh, even from muriel's wedding you know through the sort of the australian idea of of the dag i guess mm, mm-hmm. and and that yeah it's just not a concept that they seem to be able to quite grasp because it's not necessarily outright parody or outright you know kind of aggression toward these characters but it's not mm. loving either you know it's a it's, it's a, a weird, fine kind of line yeah. between
2: really yeah well the, the other thing is just reading through more of these uh, crit- critics notes they all talk about how wonderful the Australian version is. And then take out bits of the American version that, uh, that they didn't like. And things like uh, uh, things like t- talking about Selma Blair and saying that uh, the character she's, uh, she's playing fits her just, as about, just about as well as those shorts. Mm. Uh, it's like they're, they're taking the jokes and the things that are the jokes... And saying, "Well, that's that's appalling. That's appalling writing. That's appalling casting. That's appalling costuming. That's appalling everything." Uh, when really, they're the jokes, people. Yeah. Well, oh, it's funny because what I was reading
3: was actually almost going the other way, saying the problem too is that you have these these you know um, L.A. American style very fit women trying to look like people with muffin tops. Yeah, which, trying you know, to look
0: frumpy, and which yeah. they can't do because.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they just don't have those sorts of bodies. Well, and, know, and so apparently,
2: of if... Blair put on 10 kilos or something and like she that. She still but... looks like
0: Skeletor, and though. She's <laughs> still. She's...
2: But uh, apparently, in a, a, a talk show, uh, she said, Yeah, I, I put on 10 kilos, and it's amazing you can't even see any bone. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the one in your head, Selma. <laughs> oh dear! Good uh, God! So anyway, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, to come back to it mid-season and again see what they see what they do to it. Mm. Uh, if
0: we get to if, if it gets that. Yeah. if it gets, I'll download
3: time. it a few more times. Just yeah, to, uh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, just hang on to it. Yeah, yeah,
0: Don, yeah nice. That'd be great. I'm nice. I Have a letter.
2: Did you read it. You're a godsend.
3: Savior. No, I'm, I'm
2: just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. Letters to box cutters. I love hearing that theme because it means people have written to us, <laughs> and uh, whether they've said good things or bad, we'll take it on the chin.
3: Well, yeah, I've, 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 look, I've brought a few things, and uh, most of this is just off the actual site, because there have been lots of, of comments on the site, and we do love to get your comments. We box, love them. Boxcolors.net. you can always leave a comment on the blog. Um, quite a few people, just saying how much they've enjoyed Middleman. Last week we talked about The Middleman, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic new kind of uh, comedy, superhero, adventure, action, tragedy, musical...
2: It's a little bit of everything. A yeah. little bit of everything. Oh, yeah. so, something for everyone except for my friends Sean and Sally. They hate right. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sean and Sally will never be happy. Never. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, so basically, yeah, Noodles, I really didn't say how much he loved it. Um, it's been one of my favourite shows since it started, and seeing as no one else was watching it, I thought maybe I was blinded into watching some crap TV. Well, you weren't, Noodles. It's good. Thank God we're here to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to validate your opinions. Um, uh, Daniel D. Boxcutter said um, he really liked it, and so does Lady D. Boxcutter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he said, uh, submit this should be an Emmy for credit sequences. Makes more sense than reality host. Ooh, that's a good point. Very good point. That's a very good point, good good point, point, there. point Daniel D. Um, much talk, of course, last week about Simon Baker, um, also known as Simon Baker. Danny sings to Renouf Peacock. Thank you, Cat so uh, Maudois, uh, uh, sorry, Maudois wrote that in. Maudois said, and we forgot to mention that Simon uh, Baker Denny's most memorable role was schlepping around in the background of Melissa de Kautz's Read My Lips film clip. Oh. Oh. And uh, you will find that on YouTube.
0: Yeah. You
2: Maudois, what a, what a good one.
0: Good one good there, thank you,
2: Maudois.
3: Now, this one I thought was a very good point. Um, fourth of Five wrote in, and he did mark this as rant. Top Gear has had 11 seasons to get where it is and has some host changes. And people roast Top Gear odds after two shows. Where oh where, auntie, are the let's give the show a chance to develop I hear every week about shows. Not here. Hmm. Double standards, (laughs) me thinks.
0: (laughs) I don't know whether you're really
2: taking that as (laughs) seriously. No, no, no. No, no, I read this this comment from 4 to 5 and I thought... Fair point. Yes. Because, Fair because point. Brett, Brett has this
3: ironclad commandment
2: that you can only really
3: comment about a show once you've watched three episodes.
2: I think except, that's a pretty mm, good commandment. Brett, Brett has also been hating Australian Top Gear since it was announced.
1: <laughs> it, so, was, it was. never ever a good idea.
2: Uh, now I, I was. So,
3: so Brett, Brett, though double standards, we think. Mm, well, I, respond, please.
1: I am waiting for the the magic third to uh, to hit my eyeballs so that uh, I can give it a proper review. But no, but I'm, you lambasted I, it. I it, it was lambasted.
2: I, it was. There was lambasted everywhere. Oh man, you lambasted. <laughs> <laughs> we but had to I, wipe lambaster off the wall. You know, a <laughs> terrible thing. All terrible the way day.
1: along, it's been kind of symbolic of uh, Sean Brown's idiocy. At The helm of uh, SVS <gasps>
2: Sean Brown's idiocy reminds me. Yes. That Sean Brown this week uh, has said, we need lots of money. Yes. Uh, Sh- Sean Brown uh, has uh, has put in a submission for the uh, triennial uh, funding of SBS and uh, and saying, uh, we need something like $70 million a year more than you're giving us now, which is $191 million. Uh, of course, they get all that advertising money. As well. As well as yeah. the money that comes from the government. But rather than saying, well, we can't charge more for ads or have better content. We need we need more money in order to do more multicultural.
1: You know how they can do it? They could put ads on the ABC and SBS get the money from the, from the ads <laughs> on the ABC. Oh, the That's why he has been for lobbying for CBS, so it? hard for Sean it.
2: Sean Brown would love that. We well,
3: used Ooh. to love the SBS, and oh, it's gone wrong, hasn't it? It's gone
1: wrong. It has. Right? Uh, well, I did uh, read that one parliamentarian, I can't think who it was, uh, thinks that... They need to find out exactly where the money is going at SBS uh, because it seems that uh, it should be going a bit further than it is. Well,
0: uh, Too many a- long lunches at SBS yeah, sure. Short lunches mm. for
3: SBS from now on mm. um, Back to so Liz, uh, about the double standards thing Cat Brain actually responded to that too Which is quite interesting a very well thought out and um, and coherent argument Oh, good on for her She is, She said, if you try and make a carbon copy of something Of course the comparison is going to be made Of the original, is clearly very popular Then again, any imitation is going to fall short Plus, Charlie Cox is an arrogant tool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you, Capri.
3: He
1: really is. Uh,
2: Britt, you've got a, a letter from,
3: from Riley, Riley Boxcutter.
1: Box uh, yes, just wanted to belatedly congratulate you on reaching 150 episodes. who would have thunk it. This is an actual letter rather than a comment. In milestones uh, just- of my own. I've reached 150 episodes of listening, that is. I joined the box Cutter family about 50 around episode 50, and a while ago I decided to go back and listen to the gold right from the start. Relive
3: the joy. Wow. The gold. When the I recently, gold, he said. When I
1: recently got to the episode where Josh says the freshness follows you like a stalking snowman, I knew I'd caught up.
3: <laughs> I knew I'd gone too far. I,
1: know, I now know why Channel Nine's hair is on fire. have marveled at Josh's progression from working at Channel 10 to running the network to owning it and even enjoyed the haphazard way in which strangely compelling content morphed via apt into pork. There's quite a bit of suspense there after Brian nankervis was on the show knowing that pork would eventually come.
2: And uh as always with the show pork does uh, always uh, eventually come. A, a lot of listeners have gone back and uh and gone right to the very beginning. It's something that I cannot bring myself to do. It's to prove us wrong. I agree with (laughs) you. That's what it is. It's to prove we were Uh, wrong. But, you know, I'm glad... There are lots of in-jokes now uh, in this show, Scott, and I'm glad some of our listeners have the dedication to go back and find out where they all started and is it worth laughing at.
1: It's (laughs) much easier to follow on the video podcast. There is no video podcast!
0: Now, I've got one final letter. I hope there's not. I'm not wearing pants.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Again.
3: (laughs) Um, One final letter. I actually haven't had a chance to mention this to you Brett, though but um, last week we talked about The Middleman which uh, excellent excellent show we all really enjoyed it created by um, uh, Javier, Javier Grillo, Grillo Markswatch I have an email from Javier Grillo Markswatch really I do um, thanks for your kind words about the show both via email and podcast that was awesome
2: Awesome. Awesome. We uh, are. We are. We
3: are awesome. Wow. Officially,
2: Fear, Fearfully inspiring. Yes.
3: He, he, he wrote for Lost and he reckons we're awesome. <laughs> and so observant and relishing the show and its quirks, tremendously gratifying to listen to. And to mentioned Quark in the same <laughs> podcast as my show. Um, I mentioned Quark last week. Not sure if I was making it up or not. Uh, I can see... Yeah,
0: a- I remember quite. It was the Into the Space um, Garbage Collectors. That's the one. Yes.
3: Yeah. Um, after having mentioned it, not sure if, if anyone else remembered, it's out on DVD <gasps> this month in, wow. in the US. It's just come out on, oh, on Region wow. 1. Anyway, and so um, Havia actually responds to a couple of questions we asked in last week's show. Mm-hmm. So um, for anyone who does remember last week's show, and I, God knows I had to go back and listen to and <laughs> know what the hell he was talking about. Um, we we talked about Ida, who's a shape-changing robot who's stuck in, in this uh, sort of school-mom shape, and there was some K- Kind of like the TARDIS is, is right. stuck in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And there was some confusion as to when that was supposed to have happened in the show. So havia um, says, as far as Ida goes, in the second volume of comic books, we did a series of shorts called Legends of the Middleman, chronicling the adventures of the middleman from the eras ranging from the barbarian prehistory. And Ida looked the same in every vignette. So she was stuck in domineering school mom from very early on in her work, and O2, uh, O2 STK chooses to not fix the glitch when they send down new Idas in order to keep continuity
2: in the middleman Ida dynamic. Can I can I point out with an answer like that? Our wow. mm-hmm. friend Javier would go down so well in front of an audience at Comic-Con.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. He's born
2: to be in front of an audience yeah. at Comic-Con. I think this whole that's, show was
3: born to be cancelled in three episodes. Yeah, no, um, and then we also, uh, I think it was Brett, talked about the, the swearing. And he says, and in answer to the question in the podcast, the profanity was always meant to be bleeped because it, it runs on mm-hmm. ABC family, which is right. apparently intended for 10-year-olds ah, you know, and pedophiles. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that bit out. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> so letters can be sent to John Richards. <laughs> <laughs> it,
3: it runs on ABC Family and there's quite a lot of swearing in the show which is then bleeped and, and I think it was Brett you were asking yeah And that decision so the profanity was always meant to be bleeped in a way that makes it more transgressive than actual profanity ooh, ooh. yeah take that right. Deadwood yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he finishes off with so a show about Dick Grayson's early life huh which if you <laughs> listened <laughs> to last week
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah
0: what a champ how cool is
3: that yeah. how cool is he we it's love totally.
2: him we should send him like a box of chocolates or something. Yeah. yeah. Just for ma- just for making middleman. Box of Tim Tams just to bewilder him. Mm. If uh, <laughs> if you've made a television show that we love, you can send us an email to hooray at boxcutters.net. That's H-O-O-R-A-Y at boxcutters.net, or send us a text, zero four five eight But doctor.
1: doctor. <laughs> Russell TV Russell Russell T Davies don't bother.
2: It's it's, it's, it's cutter, you see. It's right. it's the
3: number is cutter, but it was pointed out by a listener you can also type in doctor Doctor, I've got number.
2: Because you
0: question audience. three.
2: Which <laughs> canal... Are all
0: these going to be about war? No. I've got loads of... I've got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Got
2: it. Last week's quiz question, uh, the winner of which will get a crumpler pouchy thing... <laughs> It's a thirsty owl. Mm, it's a Crumpler thirsty owl. Really selling f- that, aren't you? Yeah. It's a wow. purple thirsty owl. You can put things in it. I, I think it's <laughs> 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 that's it.
3: Yeah, that's, that's as close as Josh gets to actually defining a prize any week. <laughs> put it's like, your
1: digital
0: receiver in that. <laughs> yeah, yes. it, it's got
3: a Crumpler logo on it.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, look, come, come. It's pu- uh, please, Scott.
0: And tonight's prize is the thirsty owl. It's a small purple pouch made by Crumpler that you can put things in. <laughs>
3: Actually, look, minute, I, I really want to hear Scott say this in his best voiceover voice. Can you read that, that line for me in your best voice?
0: Soylent Green is people.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <That's> brilliant. <laughs>
2: the question of last week's quiz uh, was, what do these shows have in common? Hmm. Happy Days, The Love Boat, Ooh. and Married with Children.
0: Scott, mm. any idea? They were all better the first time round.
2: See, that, that was good. Mm. Except, except the love boat's in there. Right. <laughs> hey, come on. I went that they were all um. in colour and had sync sound, but apparently, not. <laughs> oh my no. Oh, gosh, it's not enough, is it? No, because Married with Children's in
0: there. <laughs> ah. Uh,
2: the answer that I had in my mind is that <laughs> Ted McGinley appeared in all three more specifically ted mcginley was a regular cast member in all three more specifically than that ted mcginley turned up as a late cast member in uh seasons towards the end of the show's run and is often referred to as a sure sign that a show has jumped the shark uh in happy days he turned up as the cunningham's cousin Mm-hmm. Uh, who I think ended up, like, dating Jenny Piccolo or something like that. Uh, in uh, in <laughs> The Love Boat, he appeared as the photographer in the last season or two mm-hmm. of
1: The Love Boat. I never saw him on The Love Boat.
2: And in Married with Children, he turned up as uh, the man who takes uh, over Marcy's. The, Marcy's new husband Yes, uh, next door from the, from the Bundys. <laughs> uh, and all the shows ended shortly thereafter. However... One listener wrote in with another answer, which was Pat (gasps) Morita. Pat Morita played Arnold in Happy Days and uh, had uh, two episodes of The Love Boat and one episode of Married with Children. Wow. So, in the interest of fairness and personal ignorance, I will take uh, all... (laughs) Accept that as uh, correct. Accept that as a correct answer as well. But the winner this week is Gavin Smith... You, Gavin. Congratulations, Gavin. You win yourself a Thirsty Owl, which is a small pouch that you can put things in. Yes. From the wonderful people at Crumpler who give us prizes to give away to you, the listeners. I will uh, be in touch with you, Gavin, and uh, tell you how you can get your prize. Uh, the, uh, the Thirsty Owl's great for a, a small kind of motorola uh flip phone mm-hmm. uh, or uh, something... A little bit more secure to put your uh, keys and watch in when you're or, at the beach. Or when you're at a
0: festival or something. Yeah. Oh,
2: yes. Or three king prawns.
0: Three. You're probably going to get two. Oh, two king in prawns. The, yep.
2: Oh, have they, um, uh, are they deshelled? Or? That's a good point.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, Sorry, we'll investigate I, I realised it wasn't. It wasn't a good point <laughs> at all.
2: We'll have another quiz question for you next week.
0: Hey, um, when I cast my pod...
1: It's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod cast done. Pork is on the table.
2: Who saw Bogan Pride? I did. Week? You saw it?
1: Yes. I enjoyed it. I I I Hands don't up. think that I expected a lot.
2: Hands up. It in the studio if you you can watch this on, long, long, podcast. on the podcast. appeared yeah. in an episode of Bogan Pride that is yet to air
0: I may have <laughs> Scott um, Brennan uh, so you're, uh, you're due to appear in I th- think I'm in episode 3 3 or 4 and what do you play I play a really <laughs> typecast again I play a really camp gay uh, guy who works behind the candy bar counter at the movies Right and um, interestingly, enough, I don't want to ruin it for you, but I I, I was told I was I'm actually in three scenes in it. Um, it's just kind of a little cameo, and I got sent the script for two scenes. Um, and they went, "Oh, okay, so this is where we're gonna do the third scene, the three scenes." And I was like, "Oh, I've only got the script for two scenes. What's the third one?" And the third one involved them throwing something disgusting over me. Oh, uh, and they didn't actually tell me until I got there. On the day, hang on. So,
2: Bogan Pride slash Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they actually threw children. Over <laughs> them. Of, of, um. of the
2: disgusting things, I, I now recall
3: actually this from your Facebook page. Right. Um, yes. Were, were they uh, the real thing that that, or are they a some, fake thing? Some
0: real, some fake. Okay. That's, yeah. yeah. it Gets creepier. But yes, the, but they they were real. Uh, you have to watch the episode. I think it's next week uh, to to see it. But uh, yeah, they they were real. I'll tell you off. Fair. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, it's,
2: uh, it's. I at the moment I'm uh, I'm thinking Maltesers. No, so, so it's some, more, more disgusting. Some real Maltesers, yeah, <laughs> and no. some like home brand Maltesers. And
0: something to look out for actually, if you're watching it next week. Um, there was apparently after they'd shot the. The Scene There was too much background sound, so I had to go in and redo all of my lines, watching the footage and re record all of my dialogue. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so, I'm intrigued to see
3: how and had you, has you, you've not done that before. For anything um, that was a, a I first. have
0: no, but but not to that. I've done like one line yeah. when there's been a bit of a glitch or whatever, but you've never, never had, had, to, had to, do to do a whole episode of Doctor Who, no. <laughs> Never no, once. one of
2: the Star Wars films.
0: No, no. But it was just really weird, and I just wanted to know... You know I'm wondering to see if it works out. Well, so there you go, some tidbits of information for next week's Bogan
2: Pride. I, uh, I, I, found, the, I found it really messy, Bogan Pride. Mm. I thought it was... It was all over the place. There's uh,
0: yeah. Wait till I get in it. Um, I <laughs> tend to kind of cover over the cracks. Well, that's well. Please, uh. please, well the the <laughs> thing is,
2: some of the some of the characters are really over the top, and some are playing it uh, a, a little bit straight. But they're not not in a way that is in any way cohesive. Uh, that's that's the way I felt. I do I mean, find
3: Australian comedy and cohesive are two ideas that don't seem to come together very often. <laughs> they're not you cohesive. Know. No, because I, I felt that with um um what was the the what was that one I recently hated a oh, uh, very small business very small business just that thing where some some of the performances are big and some aren't and you're kind of going what what's going on I guess, has a decision been made anywhere about that's, mm. I think
2: it, can there be a law that if you're not John Clark. You should step away from television comedy. Is that <laughs> should be a test? Are, mm. a John Are Clark? you John Clark? No, yeah. no. Move away in- from the camera. I saw him in the street once. Not good enough. Not good enough. Uh, also, David Lecky uh, this week uh, just decided to announce his disdain for other networks. David Leckie is the head of Channel 7.
1: And at and the same time, claiming the year for Channel 7.
2: N- claiming next year. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, claimed, he's already claimed 2009 well, it's That's
0: good to work t- for Channel 7. You know. Is that hubris, though? Is that, you know? you, you Ooh, think? Yeah, you wow. You think it's hubris? <laughs> yeah, wow. I, d- I don't know. Interesting. Does he tell us
3: what programs they're winning with next year? You know, uh, uh, has he invented some yet that I we think, haven't? Uh, I think he Australia's does. Australia's top
0: pirate. I think they're dancing with the B-grades. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I'm loving that one. Yeah. Well, he, uh, well, they've
1: been killing the ratings on that because they moved nights on it. Cal oh, Wilson's not in it anymore. I
0: so know, I don't care. Now. I don't care about
1: it anymore. Well,
2: his, his big four for, a sun, for Sunday night. Uh, to, see, this is his big four are shows that are already dropping in the ratings. No, no, 210. Oh. Uh, no, no, on seven. Joke. Oh, yeah, the, doc, not, not a very good one. Doctor Who? Yeah, uh, Australia's yeah. Got Talent, mm. Dancing yeah. with the Stars, Desperate Housewives,
0: Ooh. and Grey's Anatomy. Does anyone watch Desperate Housewives anymore? No. Still, no
1: one. No one No, here. no one watches no. it. I did no. enjoy the first season, and then just yeah, and then yeah, couldn't well. get the interest up to continue with it. Mm. Yeah, it's
2: a. Uh because it's boring. Yeah. That's right. It was boring. It, so these there, there these were, are all shows that have dropped in the ratings recently. How are Channel Seven going to win with those next year? They're not. I was just talking There are a lot of TV shows. I think that you know one season really is. I
3: mean, often, often, yeah. often. Yeah, they've been working for years to make these shows, and so the one season is the dream. And then it's like, okay, now just make that for five more years. Yeah, and, well, yeah. Because you know, John, like,
2: I've, I've got this theory of one perfect season. Mm-hmm that if you if you make one season of something and it's really 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 good and then uh even though nobody watches it or if it's really popular but the network thinks you need to change it or something just let it go just let it go let it Friday go. Night Lights was uh w- was like that for me I wanted uh it was very sad to hear that Friday Night Lights might not come back after the first season but at the same time I thought it has been a perfect season. I have that with and
3: Wonderfalls. Okay.
2: I think Wonderfalls is a fantastic program. It's, it's, it's yeah, and had, you know, had once it, in fact it had uh, two episodes less than one season. But
3: but it's also it also forms a perfect arc. It's, it finishes its story, and yes. you go, mm. well, you know, I'm happy with that. Maybe because we're used to you know the British approach to to these very short seasons, it's less mm. of a you know, shock for us than it is to Americans. And
2: so the idea of uh, of one perfect season in uh, in uh, Desperate Housewives would have worked well as well. You, you, mm. you solve that crime, you work out yes. what happened, and just get on with it. it.
0: Comes down to just being a cash cow. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: so uh, interesting. Like though, this week uh, I've been watching some of the baseball playoffs, and uh, there is a, uh, a, a player for Tampa Bay, whose name is Evan Longoria. <sighs> And I just think the coincidence is too much.
3: There, there's a team up waiting to happen there, yeah, isn't
2: there? Yeah, wow. A, Easily.
3: Eva and Evan, I'd watch that. Yeah. Evan's it could bottle. be
0: like heart to heart. Yeah. All but, over again. But a combination
3: but of sporting and, and killing housewives. Models. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, heart to, it always comes back to heart to heart. It, it does. Inevitably, it so does. Inevitably. Yeah. Always comes back to heart to heart. Have you got, I thought you had it. I thought you were queuing it up. No, no, That's no, why no. I was filling. No, sorry. Because you're playing around with the computer. I thought you had no, the heart we to
3: heart. we wish uh, that so a beautiful moment. That was a beautiful moment there. Where we wow. Missed, yeah. Not well, with a
0: bang, but a whimper. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Thanks for your uh, Scotty. <laughs>
2: that brings us to the end of Boxcutters episode 152. Uh, Scott. Brennan, yes. would you care to do the honours of thanking for us Crumpler and 3RRR, just in, in your best voiceover?
0: Okay. On behalf of the box cutters, I'd like to thank Radio 3RRR for the use of the studio and all of the and shit. And <laughs> also a huge thank you to Crumpler for supplying the prizes for tonight's quiz. This is Scott Brennan saying goodnight.
2: And Crumpler also uh, provide us with uh, gifts for our guests. Oh, oh and...
0: get out. <laughs> oh, wow. What a thirsty L. They have to cut those bits out of the coals end. Totally. <laughs> get out. <laughs> get, out. Oh, get out. I'm
2: totally... $6.99 for Chuck Steak. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's crazy talk.
0: I'm totally going to put stuff in this.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> you so are. That's
0: totally. exactly, that's
2: exactly what it's for. Oh. You can, uh, you can find Crumpler at crumpler.com.au and 3RRR at rrr.org.au. They're all very good to us. Try to be good to them. I also want to say that if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows in the past or if you've uh, just turned it on and gone, oh, I wish they would talk about this more, uh, please fill out our survey. You can find a link on the blog at boxcutters.net. And just click on that link. It'll take you to a short survey. You fill it out very quickly and uh, and click send and it'll go off and it will help us make this show better for you.
1: Apparently there's prizes for uh, the quickest filled out survey.
2: No, there are not prizes for the quickest filled-out survey. Is that how it works? No, that's oh, not how it works. Thought, and now... I thought that's what oh. track did that. Are there prizes for the most incorrectly filled-out <laughs> survey? This is how Brett gets us into trouble. Like, oh, there's a prize for this. And there's no, there's no prize for that. Now the listeners think there's a prize. There is no prize for filling out the survey quicker. Such a harsh I, man. Josh, you know? I,
1: I suspect that our listeners are smart enough to hear your follow-up to my joke and uh, actually pick up that there are no prizes. yeah. yeah you think that you mm. think that and
2: yet you still insist that there is some kind of video blog there is <laughs> Box boxcutters.net slash blog. vlog there is no video podcast
1: <sighs> still confused
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, email us hooray at boxcutters.net or text us 0458 butt doctor until next week my name is Josh Canal. my name is Scott Brennan I'm John Richards
1: and I continue to be Brett Cropley thanks for listening to Boxcutters Catch us again next week, same bat time, same bat channel.
2: And hey, let's be careful out there.